T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Well, never missing on the chance to use the phrase damn Yankees. They were a hair metal band in the day. And in their classic song, High Enough, there was a line about, I just made one mistake. Well, journeyman sock starter Josh Smith can sing that line all day today if he likes. Whether or not he wears leather pants, entirely up to him. But that one mistake was costly Monday night. A Jonathan VR second inning grand slam carried lowly Baltimore to a 4-1 to win in the series opener at Camden Yards. So if the Red Sox are going to get back to 500, it'll have to wait till Wednesday at least. All right, we don't need to talk about it anymore. Yesterday is just a memory. Can we close the door? Let's do that and start the podcast, too. It's your Daily Sox podcast. It's your Daily Sox podcast. It's where you're going to find out what the Sox are doing. It's your Daily Sox podcast. It's your Daily Sox podcast. Oh, it's your Daily Sox podcast. And here's your host, Josh very interesting game at Camden Yards on Monday night. As a matter of fact, all the really fun stuff happened before the game started. I don't know if it's fun, really, but it was newsworthy. And we'll get to that in just a moment. Josh Lewin, thanks so much for tuning in. It's called Sox Daily. I keep being reminded I'm supposed to have you guys subscribe to the podcast, do the five-star Uber review or Yelp review or whatever iTunes has you do. Make sure you tell everybody in the world that you like this thing. Hopefully you give it five stars. I think that's the ultimate you can do. Six is out of the question. But we'd appreciate that. Uh, we're going to talk about a 4-1 to one loss. Very underwhelming, boring game on Monday. Uh, last year around this time, uh, it was a series in Texas that really kind of popped for the Red Sox. That's when Chris Sale got things going. A lot of uh, power being shown. A lot of runs being scored. But May 6th this year... Just nothing happening. In fact, the best thing that's going on right now as I'm recording this podcast, you're probably hearing the thumping in the background here. There's a guy working on the pitcher's mound. He's tamping down the dirt, getting it ready for the Hector Velazquez start on Tuesday against David Hess. But we'll get to all that in short order. Before the game, the news that David Price was going on the IL, and he at least kind of allayed some fears, was telling everybody it's not that bad, it's just a little bit of elbow soreness, just precautionary, it's nothing like 2017, no real worries, but he's going to miss at least one start, and hopefully it won't be more than that. Also before the game was the first chance for Alex Cora to really get into the whole, I'm not going to the White House thing, of course a lot of the players are not going to the White House, that's... This week, that's Thursday, they'll either go or not go. And as battle lines are not being drawn, got to point that out. Everybody in the national media seems to think it's going to splinter the group. And I can tell you, it's nothing like that. Guys do not sit around talking politics on a baseball team, at least not on this baseball team. It's really not a thing. But uh, for whatever it's worth, I like the joke of Stiglio and talked to Alex about it before the game started. 
And just so that you know what is in Alex's mind, here's that back and forth. Alex, before we get to baseball, you made your feelings known through a Puerto Rican newspaper yesterday why you were not going to the White House because of lack of support for Puerto Rico. What kind of reaction have you had today? uh, It's been interesting, an interesting day. Um, A lot of people have texted me and called me and congratulate me. There's other people that don't agree uh, with me not going. Uh, some people from back home, actually, they, they they wanted me to go and use the platform to, to defend ourselves. In that one, I said, you know what, I'm not going to go to the White House and use it as a platform because it's the day of the Red Sox. So I think uh, I made a conscious decision, talked to my loved ones, talked to them, some people back home. And, and although the <clears throat> the government has helped, but we still have a long ways to go, and it doesn't feel right just to go there and celebrate. Uh, I know it's tradition. We've been there before, but at this time, it, 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 it doesn't feel right. Well, you've always been a man of your convictions. Yeah, that's something I learned from my dad uh, and my mom. Um, you know, do everything with conviction. Um, and you, you, think, you, you think about things and, and everything that goes on and, and try to make the right decision, and I do feel this is the right one for me. What do you say to people that wonder if uh, the visit and those going and not going uh, may be divisive with the club? No, no. I think, um, you know, our organization has done an outstanding job um, just giving us the option uh, of going and not going. Um, Actually, I see it the other way around. Uh, This this conversation has been going on since we won the World Series, and um, I know there's a lot of noise out there outside our clubhouse, but uh, sometimes... That noise is, is what helps us. It's not that we need more help to, to grow closer and be a family, but, you know, for those that think it's that way, it's the total opposite. You know, uh, we got a job to do. We're here to play baseball. Uh, we got a long grade, and, um, you know, the last week, week and a half, we knew that this day was coming, and, and, you know, I respect everybody that is going. I respect those who chose not to go, and, uh, you know, Friday we go back to business. <laughs> All right, so on to some business now, some on-field business. It was game one of a three-game series, Boston at Baltimore. And in the past, the very recent past, the Red Sox had really put their feet up on the furniture here at Camden Yards. They had won 13 out of their last 14 back to 2017, outscoring the Orioles 90-45 to in those games. And remember, the Red Sox just got done outscoring the White Sox, what was it, 30-5 to over the weekend. Now, we've been bemoaning the fact that this year's team wasn't putting together those big crooked number innings like last year's team. But uh, there, there's no, no more crooked number when you look at it than a 7. And the Red Sox did that Sunday after a 5 and a 9 on Saturday. So you're thinking there's going to be more of that to come against a sad sack Baltimore outfit. Red Sox got only one run on three hits. And that's because of, of all things, I think, rain. I'm going to Millie Vanilla you. I'm going to blame it on the rain. The rain out that the Orioles had on Sunday, that pushed Jonathan Means, the soft-tossing lefty, change-up artist, to Monday. And the Red Sox, as you may know, struggle against guys like that. They've already struggled once against Jonathan Means back at Fenway on April 14th. They didn't do much against him. They did even less Monday in Baltimore. Means ends up going seven innings, only three hits, one run, no walks, which was critical. Only four strikeouts, but he got a dozen ground ball outs. Paul Fry after that, Michael Givens after that. The top of the Red Sox order, in fact, one through five, went 0 for 19. And that's obviously not exactly what you're looking for. Mookie Betts had a couple of rough at-bats. Bogarts didn't do anything. Even J.D. Martinez, who always rakes against Baltimore. Since the start of 2016, 
514 on base percentage. Martinez against the Orioles. There's only one other batter against one other team in that time that's done it better than that. That's Joey Votto against Atlanta. And keep in mind, Votto only has seven shots at Atlanta every year. Sometimes it's only six because that's not an in-division thing, Cincinnati and Atlanta. J.D. Martinez, at least last year, got the Orioles 19 times. So uh, some major damage done usually by J.D. Martinez. And against a lefty where he's been great this year, 11 for 28, four home runs in those 28 at-bats, he had a nothing kind of night. Michael Chavis got to hit cleanup for the first time, and he had a rough night. In fact, he never did get the ball out of the infield in four A-Bs. Rafael Devers, who had had at least two hits, two runs scored in three straight games, same deal. Could not get the ball out of the infield. The offense was pretty much Christian Vasquez. He had a single and a double, and he scored the only run. Eduardo Nunez, a sack fly in the fifth inning. But by then, Baltimore had had a 4 nothing lead, and kind of interesting how it happened. Jonathan Villar, against the, the journeyman starter Josh Smith, was thinking he had a home run leading off the bottom of the first. J.D. Martinez leaping. A fan interfered. We didn't know, was it going to be a double? Was it going to be a home run on review? Fan interference and an out on review? Literally A, B, or C. We had no clue how this was going to go. And the best possible option happened. VR was told he was out because of fan interference. And the fan and his date at 7.12 p.m., had to leave because you do get ejected if you interfere with a, a live ball. Got to imagine they could at least go see the Avengers or something, like a 7.30 showing at that point. But VR kind of cheesed off out of that outcome. He had his chance in the second inning for redemption, and he nailed it. But the bases loaded two out, this time a fly ball to right field, and it left the ballpark. It was a grand slam, the second career grand slam for VR, leadoff hitter, not really known for hitting home runs these days. But it was a kind of a cruel inning for Smith. It started out with a single by Rio Ruiz, a bunt single on three and one of all things from Stevie Wilkerson. Then Chris Davis hitting 167. I mean, yeah, that was a guy with an 0 for 54 at one point. He walked. And you're thinking, okay, bases loaded, nobody out. This can't end well. However, Paul Severino, or excuse me, Pedro Severino struck out. And Paul Severino is the voice of the Miami Marlins. Sorry about that. Uh, and then... Ricky Martin slash Richie Martin with a strikeout. I really wish it was Ricky Martin because we could do the whole La Vida Loca nonsense, but unfortunately it's Richie Martin. Jonathan VR then with the two out bases loaded, crushes the home run, and it's four to nothing. And that's pretty much it. I mean, it wasn't much of a ball game at all in terms of excitement. Best thing for the Red Sox was Ryan Weber. And I know before you're saying, what, who? I'll tell you, Ryan Weber, another journeyman, formerly of the Braves in Tampa Bay, a little bit of time in Seattle. He gets called up from Pawtucket because, again, David Price is now on the injured list. And Weber, who had an ERA north of five at Pawtucket, four really nice, crisp innings in this one, all in relief. And I know it's against a Baltimore team that's not very good, but only 55 pitches to get through four innings, and he shut the door. Final ends up being 4-1, to 4-8-1 and one for Baltimore, 1-3-0 and oh for the Red Sox, who proved they can play a game in less than three hours. This one was only 239 in front of only 11,042. So it was 30 runs on 41 hits over the weekend in Chicago, one run on three hits on Monday, and a big yawner. Let's get you to Alex Cora, a little post-game commentary after what made them 17 and 19. Um, yeah, 
Yeah, he was good. Uh, good fastballs up, change up. He kept us off balance, uh, you know, through our change ups, uh, low fastballs, you know. We, we didn't do much uh, against him today. Uh, how impressed were you with Weber? Uh, where it was good, it's many too. I mean, just one pitch, and it wasn't that bad of a pitch. It was a breaking ball, it seems like. Uh, Pilar looks like he was sitting on it and put a good swing, but uh, I mean, we, we got uh, we got 24 outs and four runs usually. You know, when when we go f- give up four, especially lately, uh, we have a chance to win the game. Um, you know, they they were both great. Heater did a good job too, uh, coming in and getting out of the inning, giving us a chance to win. That's what we asked uh, from them: just give us a chance to win, and they did. We just didn't hit tonight. That's it. Did you see with, with uh, Ryan specifically? Ryan, what did you, what did you think of him specifically? Um, you know, he he's a guy that. Um, you know, there's not, um, I don't want to say much velocity, but it's not like the, the radar gun is going to get your eye, but movement um, will be there. Uh, he, he does a good job changing speed. He's a change of the breaking ball, the two-seam uh, two fastball front door to put uh, lefties out. Um, he moved the ball out of in and out, out of the zone. Um, he, he pitched. He pitched. Um, just like Smitty. Smitty did the same thing. Um, just in that inning, you know, he gets the two punch outs and then one pitch, you know, and if you look at the video, it wasn't, it wasn't that bad of a pitch. Just get credit to Villar in that situation. He put a good swing on it and hit out of the ballpark. Whoever is he someone you consider for a start? Um, we consider both of them, you know. Um, and let's see where we go now uh, as far as, like, we got Hector tomorrow. And uh, but um, he, he's a guy. Both of them, you know, they they they're very unique in what they do. You know, cutters and sinkers and, and change ups and breaking balls, just keeping people off balance. And you know, we were looking for outs, and we got uh, 24, you know, four runs. So, like I said before, you know, uh, we usually, you know, we're we're in the game, but offensively we didn't put anything to it. Alex, the, the fan interference was it something that you thought in real time or something that you guys saw on video? Uh, both, both. Um, you know, from as soon as they they call it fan interference, you you saw JD was right under it. So and, I mean, right away we call inside and and JT and Steve, they they said that we should challenge it. That it seems like JD was right under it. I think you guys had like 45 base runners the last couple of days. Like how how different is it? Just not like is it you know just not getting trapped? I mean, it's gonna happen. I mean, uh, obviously we don't like it, but. Uh, you know, you gotta give credit sometimes to the to the position, and, and they pitched well today. You know, that kid was really good. Um, the mix, the changeup. He did it at home uh, earlier, and he did it again tonight. All right, thanks to the skipper for checking in, and it will be Hector Velasquez against David Hess now on Tuesday night. Hess is just one and four. Andrew Kashner goes on Wednesday. He's four and one. It's actually not been bad at all. Chris Sale gets the call on Wednesday, and. As you probably know, Sale was just terrific in Chicago. Hopefully he can funnel that to Baltimore. Had the 10-strikeout game in only six innings. Now, we were talking on the podcast last time about the connective tissue between Baltimore and Chicago, the two cities on this road trip. One piece that I forgot is Harold Baines. He was a, a terrific outfielder slash DH for the White Sox, was just a DH in Baltimore. But as Harold Baines goes to the Hall of Fame this summer, I thought we'd talk about that for a second because there's a little tie-in, if you'll follow me here with the Red Sox, too. Bain's a very good guy who just exhibited zero outward passion. Uh, one time a reporter, after a 440-foot home run that he hit, said, guess you got a piece of that one, huh, Harold? And after about a five-second delay, Harold just kind of looked up and said, evidently. 
Uh, good guy, just very quiet, almost statesmanlike. And I always saw a little, a little bit of Harold Baines and Tony Clark for what that's worth. But whatever the opposite of a yell guy is, there's no Kevin Millar or Mike Greenwell in Harold Baines. So here's my point about Harold Baines. If he's in the Hall of Fame, why isn't Dwight Evans there? Harold Baines was 21 when he broke into the big leagues with the White Sox. He played 22 seasons, and he got 11,000 plate appearances, 820 OPS. Dwight Evans was 20 when he broke in. He played 20 seasons, not quite 11,000 trips to the plate. It was 10,500, but his OPS better, 840 to 820. Those numbers alone tell you that Dwight Evans is more deserving. Then you go to defense, and the disparity becomes even bigger. Evans, an eight-time Gold Glove winner, considered one of the best defensive right fielders in history. Not only did Baines not win a Gold Glove in his career, he was mostly a DH. And if you just want to go on advanced metrics, if you're into that, career war for Dewey Evans was 67.1. Baines was 38.7. When Baines's name got on the uh, Today's Game era committee ballot, he got 12 out of 16 votes. That's the 75% requirement right on the schnozola there. The 16-member panel included Jerry Reinsdorf and Tony La Russa, the White Sox owner, former White Sox manager. They were the, the key lobbyists. And maybe that swung the vote. But, but I will tell you this. One stat of which I know Dwight Evans is very proud. In the decade of the 80s, he led the American League in home runs, led the majors in extra base hits. He won five of his six gold gloves. So, in other words, Dwight Evans just dominated his era. And maybe it's just sour grapes. Maybe it's just because I'm doing a Red Sox podcast and not a White Sox or Orioles podcast. But uh, Dwight should be in the Hall of Fame. And if Harold Baines has the, the turnkey to get in there, uh, he might as well just hand that over. And that, that would make me pretty happy. Anyway, back to the subject at hand as we wrap up. The Orioles, who had lost 10 of 12, basically get a really well-pitched game and one big hit. And that carries the night. So the Red Sox are going to have to wait to get back to 500. They are now 17 and 19. That's the podcast. Once again, subscribe, please. Give us a favorable review, please. And if not, uh, there's really nothing I can do about it. So I'm, I'm just kind of begging. Have a great one. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.